Hello, listeners. Welcome to or back to another episode of Black Sheep Bad Apples. This is a history podcast where I, your host, Lauren O'Brien, dive into some previously unknown history to take my friends along for the ride. I'm pleased. <laughs> I'm pleased, blessed, and honored to share this episode with my two friends, Sam, Mitt, and Kyle Moku. Thanks hello, for joining me, Hello. Oh, you guys like my intro? That was really nice. It was fast. It, 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 it Micro Machines me, guy. Yeah, it made me chuckle, and then I had to cough like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to trying to keep trying it fresh. Things. Yeah. So how are you guys feeling? Uh, I sound sounded like I was doing an Italian accent there. How are you guys doing? Uh, how are you guys doing? How are you guys feeling about the uh, the episode so far? Because uh, we are getting we're getting close to the end here. How you guys feel? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, this company has just been the shining example of how to do business in America and make everybody happy. Um, yeah. yeah. They, they really, since day one, back in the 1800s, since the precursors, when whatever that guy who Peter wrote Donahue. the book. Yeah, Mr. P.D. Uh, ever since the days of him. He's just been, uh, things have just been onwards and upwards, and the planet and the little guys are all doing well. We're thriving. 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 They brought yeah. us into the future with them. Like, I we mean, owe them. Yeah, that's true. I think we should just start donating to, to PG&E. If I could, I would. Can I? Can I just send another state's electrical company? Uh, <laughs> like, I like Honestly, just dial. ask them for a bill. They'll send yeah. you yeah. one. Like, <laughs> Like, I don't want to pay for somebody else's. I just want you to copy somebody else's, send it to me with my name on it. It doesn't have to be a lot either, like $200 or something. Like, I, I, I trust me, I, I don't will mind. donate as much as you think I should. Yeah. Oh. That's cool. Sam, do you have any uh, feelings about, you know, knowing we're so close to the end here? Do you have any thoughts? Uh, I'll be happy to be able to put this behind me and move past my rage. <laughs> it does not ever think about this ever again. <sighs> so if you listener uh are joining us in episode four which this is and haven't listened to the other episodes uh you're gonna need some context so go back and listen to that right now yeah Cause, start at three because our story yeah because <laughs> our story today starts in 2015 and so there's like 166 years of history that brings us up to this point in our story um and at this point, I think it's important to note a few things. On this show, we you know, talked about conspiracies or conspiracy-adjacent things fairly frequently, and I, I try to use this show to like illustrate how conspiracies are and aren't real. Um, like We did an episode surrounding the toilet paper scarcity during the COVID lockdowns and looked at how that was just kind of mostly made up, uh, but people still panicked over it. We talked about the weird America's frontline doctors who were like medical scammers against COVID. Um, so I, I think it's safe to say that examining conspiracies is, is at least part of what we do here on the show. And for me, these episodes have been they've been highlighting actual and real conspiracies and the point of highlighting these conspiracies is to make things plain and clear uh, to make it plain and clear that there are policy changes that we need to address which makes you know politics so frustrating to watch instead of talking about economic policies uh, climate change or the ever-looming threat of like the white national christo fascism fascism like our politicians are just focused on things like groomer conspiracies. Uh, the reason we like must debate whether trans folk are real people is because you know they absolutely are, and that's the end of the conversation. But also, like if we can keep arguing about who Q is or whether trans folks are real people or the globalist RIFID you know mark of the beast bullshit, 
then like our cognitive bandwidth is like bogged down to such a point that discussing policy uh, policies, you know, surrounding like PG and E, uh, all this is kind of laid on the back burner because you know we don't have time. You know, we're constantly bombarded with these fake conspiracies, and like there are people who are legitimately are scheming to get away with heinous shit, and it's frustrating when the conversations are always about things that may or may not be when we have real conspiracy shit happening, like this PG and E shit, you know, and right. And I'm going to stop ranting in just a second, but it, it, it seems like a lot of the fake conspiracy shit is like to protect and pad these real conspiracies. And it's incredibly fucked up that people aren't more pissed off at PG&E, which actually the episode title uh, I was originally going to name these episodes was between fuck PG&E or uh, and Spotify doesn't like cussing uh, or the other title was going to be no matter how mad you are at PG&E, you should be more mad. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I digress. It's not enough. Yeah, I digress. I just, doing these episodes, I kind of had those thoughts and wanted to get it out because it is, you know, we, we even with the the presidential debates uh, a couple of days ago, it's there's hardly talks about policy going on. It's just like the buzzwords oh, yeah. of the day, and it's it's incredibly frustrating when we've got things like this that are happening. And uh, speaking of things like this, uh, we're talking August of 2015. PG&E had to pay $300 million, uh, a $300 million fine CPUC had slapped on them for the San Bruno explosion we talked about in the last episode. Uh, they were also forced to refund money to gas customers somewhere around $400 million. PG&E also agreed to improve their gas line safety uh, with $850 million, and another half a billion dollars was spent on the claims victims of, vari uh, of victims of various disasters. And if you do the math which Industrial Safety and Hygiene News did in their article Pacific Gas and Electric penalized $1.4 billion for 3,798 violations, you'll know. The $1.4 billion penalty, when combined with the amount that the CPUC previously <coughs> ruled, must come from shareholders for expenditures to improve the safety operations of natural gas pipelines, uh, and that exceeds $2 billion, end quote. So we start the episode with some good news. PG&E finally gets, you know, they get caught. The red-handed cookie in the jar, as it were, and, hand uh, in the cookie jar, yeah. And the shareholders have to make the, have to pay it, like yeah, they have to make the actual pay. Is this where they make their employees shareholders to soften the blow? <laughs> I didn't actually read <laughs> about that, but that that sounds right. <laughs> so, like, guys, great news: our stocks are doing great, um, and your paychecks are now stocks. The only so. The only uh, <laughs> The only way to get uh, like big corporations to actually profit share is to keep <laughs> is to get this kind of shit going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't we're worry, sure. we're gonna take it back the second things start going our way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for right now, why don't you buy stocks in the United States? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, finally we get a victory uh, in the PG&E story, and we've they've learned their lesson. End of podcast. Great episode, guys. You got anything to plug? Wait, except hold on. I'm just Googling things that have happened in the last eight years, and... Oh, what's this? More crimes? Nice. Oh, Any fires? I don't believe it. <laughs> I want crimes and fires. That should be the name of this. Crimes, crimes and, and fires. fires. <laughs> e story. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually... It's uh, not bad. Slap. It's not that bad. That slaps. <laughs> On September 9th, 2015, the Butte fire started. There hadn't been any clouds or rain recently, so the cause of the fire probably wasn't a thunderstorm. 
Like that it starts off with the fire immediately. This is going to be a good one. Actually, Hold on to your hats. <laughs> it actually was the wind, which had snapped a brittle dead tree uh, top off of a tree. The tree fell on top of some power lines, which dropped embers into nearby grasses. And three weeks later, fire crews had finally contained it. Butte Fire killed two people, destroyed uh, 921 buildings, and burned over 71,000 acres before it was extinguished. Also, have you noticed the uh, acreage in these things? These fires keeps increasing. Um, we're not going to talk I'm about sure it. They're, I'm sure we're getting very close to the upper limit at how many was it? 75,000? Uh, yeah, 75,000. Yeah, there's definitely if a threshold. They won't get any bigger <laughs> than 100,000. That's my guess. Well, 100,000 is as big as a forest fire can actually I, get in I think nature. Physics yeah. won't allow for anything bigger. If it, it's just simply math. It's physics, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to talk much about climate change in these episodes, but guys like that obviously is at play here you know what i mean like i have kind of neglected to mention fake it because we're focusing on pg <laughs> fake news it's fake news they're lying they just i don't agree i don't well you know what one at a time let's agree to disagree sir they're trying to take my plane yeah after we're done with this after we're done with this one of you guys explain to me this climate change thing but i'll play along go <laughs> all right yeah. okay just yeah, pretend, yeah, yeah okay just pretend the climate As a does thought change. experiment yeah yeah i just call it i just call it fall you freaks all right <laughs> it still it snows gets colder anyway uh the butte fire wasn't an isolated incident either uh from burning california quote the <laughs> The Butte Fire was hardly the only one in PG&E territory that year. The company's equipment sparked more than 400 fires in 2015. Most of them were small Only and extinguished that. quickly. <laughs> yeah, who's extinguishing the fire, though? Cal fire. The taxpayers. Yeah. No, 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 no. At this what? point, at this point, it's inmates are extinguishing the fires. <laughs> oh, right, I forgot. That's slaves. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Jesus Christ. They're not slaves, Sam. Better. They're private contractors in prison. Come on. Yeah, they're trading time for energy. Yeah. It's not a dystopian future. Calm down. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Eat a donut. Weird. Do fuck. something chill. Anyway, I don't I don't know about you guys, but I feel like if I'm PG and E, any amount of fire caused by my company is unacceptable. You know? Any yeah. amount of gas leak in my company is unacceptable. Yeah. Any unintentional explosion caused by my equipment, unacceptable. Intentional yeah, explosions are another thing, but you're talking about this oh this thing, this concept. Uh what it starts with an A Unions. there's definitely a C in it. Oh, um, and like it reminds me of my taxes. Oh, uh, it reminds me of my taxes. Mm. Oh, accountability. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, but that would require um, oh, what's it called? Uh, the integrity. My, oh, and my, <laughs> more, more, more prof. No, more pro, but, morality. Yeah, morality. Yeah, morality. But yeah, so uh, like. You know, if any if if any of my equipment sets fire to anything or any explosions, like we've got a fucking problem. Why the fuck does four hundred fires in twenty fifteen not merit a goddamn state of emergency, dude? It, it like it, it's yeah. actually insane when you think about it. Doesn't it. need a response at all. Yeah, and it's probably everything's fine. It, don't be a bitch. It's probably the whole like, well, we can keep this on the hush hush, right? So mm -hmm. listen, subversive elements have been making <laughs> mountains out of molehills, but rest assured that after a careful examination o Obama by committee, again. we will 
we will most assuredly <laughs> find the people responsible and bring them to justice. Thank you. Thank you, President. Uh, President. Oh, Sam. Uh, no, that doesn't work. Osama. That's just Osama. <laughs> 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 Thank you. No, you know what's funny? Uh, I'm sure people within 50 feet of where I live have said, thanks, President Osama, oh, before. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that has happened oh, in man. this house. So the CPUC basically like just shrugged off the 400 fires too. Like they they weren't realizing that not only was this like extremely un like unacceptable, but they were also ignoring the fact that 400 was a drastic uptick from the years prior. The CPU the CPUC had their nose in the books as they went in their third year of building fire risk assessment maps, which would end up n taking nearly a decade. During the, during the trial for the San Bruno explosion, Hartley West, who worked at the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, and was one of the attorneys for the city of San Bruno, was questioning a PG&E PG engineer guy who, whose name is Maingold. Um, during the questioning, a PowerPoint slide was brought up, and it showed two categories. What is up for debate and what is not up for debate? And rather than retell it, here's the actual discussion from the book California Burning by Catherine Blunt. Quote, do you see that? West asked Mangold. I do, he replied. And the first bullet point is not up for debate. Uh, yeah. And the first bullet point that is not up for debate is 8% EPS growth. Correct, he said, affirming that EPS stood for earnings per share. Do you see those listed as what is up for debate? West asked. Safety and reliability? Yes, Mangold re responded. So in their own internal documents... In no uncertain terms, in extremely clear and concise words, they said that safety is something that is up for debate, and the growth of earnings by any means necessary is not up for debate. Which is, again, cool, and by that, I mean fucking terrifying. Welcome to endgame capitalism. <laughs> it is. Fuck. They make it sound so fun. It's flashy. Yeah, <laughs> you guys were well, Wall Street era. You know, they're all watching that movie. They're not doing a bunch of cocaine. They're watching a movie about a guy doing a bunch of cocaine, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna act like that." Guys, it's energy and synchronicity. <laughs> it's synergy. Come on, I love yes, it. I synergize. Team building. Yeah, yeah, and again, ultimately, Pizza an party. <laughs> what did you say, Sam? Pizza party. <laughs> oh. Pizza party for everybody if we get found not guilty. Yeah. <laughs> ultimately, it's, run at work, bro. Ultimately, in August yeah. of, of 2016, they were found guilty of obstruction of, of a federal investigation in regards to the 2010 San Bruno explosion. On December 2nd, 2016, a fire broke out in a warehouse illegally turned artist collective, which called itself Ghost Ghost Ship. The warehouse in Fruitvale, California, California, caught fire due to a faulty or shoddy electrical system. 36 of the 80 to 100 people in attendance died. A month later, on January 20, uh, 21st, 2017, federal courts had found PG&E guilty of obstruction of justice and violating the Natural Gas Pipeline Safety Act and ordered them to pay $3 million in fines, do 10,000 hours of community service, and had to spend another $3 million to air media to publicize its, cri its criminal conduct. Hold, hold up, hold up. They ordered a corporation to do community service. Yeah. <laughs> well, as an individual. As a person. Do they have, like, yeah. On their staff, do they have what used to be equivalent, uh, the equivalent to like a, a whipping boy? Do they have a guy that has to go and like 
like be the face of the company. Like on, on community, there's the whole thing about Subway yeah. and they make Subway uh, an actual person so it can go to college. <laughs> and then having Subway going to college, oh God, yes. whose character is named Subway, yeah. uh, so he can run the uh, sandwich shop that he would call Subway uh, because only a student can run a <laughs> shop within the property of the community college. college I, I found that I found that real life and the show community basically yeah. are the same thing. Yeah. yeah. We're living in Dan Harmon's simulation. I like to I like to think that yeah, they just had a whipping boy and it's like uh uh one of the uh what are they called? A reverse wage intern. Where they're like, you have oh, to pay no. us seventeen dollars an hour to be an intern here, and also go to our fucking community service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and while you're on, on on your feet running to go do this, we're not gonna give you a car. That's money. No man. Uh, uh, can you pick us up some coffee and donuts? So yeah. thank you. Come on. Thank you. We're not gonna. No, and you With pay your for own it. money. Yeah, you pay. For oh, it. your own money. I mean, we're not gonna give you anything. Highest things. Yeah, you're. Remember that you're working for your job, so yeah, I'd watch your attitude. You're getting son. so much experience right now. <laughs> anyway, working for your job, PG&E would ultimately, ha- yeah. Do you hate your job? Uh, PG&E would ultimately have to pay six million dollars, which is basically nothing because they fi- they're fine like people would be, as we've you know mentioned, you know, I think once or twice. Um, they would also be put on probation, which meant that they couldn't commit any more crimes. Um, so it was basically a finger wag, you know, a slap on the wrist and a promise of like, you won't do that again, will you? And PG&E was like, we promise not to commit any more crimes while crossing. And they fingers. have their fingers crossed behind their back. Yeah. And yeah. then CPUC is like, all right, well, you get out of here, you little scamps. So that's cool. <laughs> those kids. They're so crazy. They're kooky mm-hmm. kids. Boys will be boys, George. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> So if you're wondering uh, what PG and that just made, I dude, I hate that shit. So like, he just made my stomach just <laughs> yeah, like, no, it's, I, it's like he made me want to go punch a dude in the face like immediately. Yeah, <laughs> well, like first dude I see, just like wow, uh, why? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said boys will be boys, so that's a man's yeah. shot. So. Yeah. <laughs> boys will be boys. Pow! Sorry, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, if you're wondering what PG&E's public announcement uh, about its crimes look like, here's a here's ABC7 quote: "The most publicly visible punishment is an advertising mandate. In the next 60 days, PG&E must take out full-page ads in the San Francisco Chronicle and Wall Street Journal, in addition to 60-second uh, television ads detailing the nature of PG&E's offenses and the steps they're taking to prevent future offenses and disasters." End quote. What year is this now? Uh, I think we are into 2011. No, 2017. Okay, I, re- I remember these ads. Yeah. And I think they're Whenever actually... I'm at like my aunt and uncles and they've got their TVs just on the news constantly, yeah. that's just what's on. Yeah. And you see that shit scroll by. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I use Facebook and so I frequently see When it on did there. Paradise happen? When did the Paradise Fire happen? Uh, we're getting to that. I think it's uh, two okay. years away or so. Not yet? Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, $3 million for like effectively raking in tens of millions of dollars is a ridiculous fine. Uh, what's even more insane is the amount of money they're spending to just not do the right thing is fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're getting fined and all this shit to just not like with that fine money, they could have been doing the thing more or less. Oh, trust me. The thing is obviously more expensive. Yeah. It's fucking, it's crazy. Anyway, in January of 2017, CPUC had finished their decades-long goal of creating a map that showed the risk of fire danger. To nobody's surprise, there was a shitload of red and yellow on the map. Everywhere. Yeah, just everywhere. (laughs) Hey, Uh, are you in 
California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's a fire. You're yeah, on the, yeah, you're, yeah, so you're, on, it's you're on fire. I hope you know you're on fire but, right now. But I live in, but I live in an area. Is it in California? Yeah, it's a, you're, it, that's, you're in danger of fire. Yeah. Like, unless you are in Northern California directly on the coast. Yeah. Which mm, I am. That's about it. Um, from Dang. California Burning, quote, since it began recording fires in 2014, it's PG&E's equipment had started about 1,550 of them. Uh, in March of 2017, Geisha Williams took the helm of PG&E. Uh, in October 2017, Geisha Williams, we mentioned her in the last episode. She's Ge- a, Geisha. Geisha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geisha okay. Williams. She's like a, the Japanese prostitute. Mm, yeah, something. I don't know enough about geishas to say that they were prostitutes, or but whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and Williams, escort, like escort. Robin. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she took. She, she's like a Cuban born, Cuban born uh, American immigrant that kind of uh, got interested in power. I didn't get into the full bio, uh, biography of her just because we're focused on people or the biology. If yeah, we're or the biology. I didn't get the chance to test her blood. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, she took took the helm. Uh, that's March of 2017, and in October of the same year, uh, Cal Fire investigated 13 fires that were directly linked to PG&E and the failure of power poles. Uh, one of those 13 fires, the Tubbs Fire, killed 22 people and burned 3, uh, 36,000 acres. 2017 had truly been a firestorm season. Lawmakers were all, uh, also allowed PG&E to issue bonds to pay for the 2017 fires, passing the cost onto its customers. The cost was about $5 per person per year, but still. Um, their new head of the company, Geisha Williams, announced that she would be tightening the budget. Quote, the company, she said, had plans to reduce costs by $300 million in 2017. That involved laying off eight corporate officers, 397, uh, 390 staff members, and 80 contractors. On top of that, 500 open positions would go unfulfilled. The company was on a mission to tighten the budget. You can expect to see more of that coming from us in the next years to come, Williams said. And she's basically, like, she's echoing like, kind of what Peter Darby said when he took the helm. You know, the, the former CEO dude, and he's basically, when yeah. she takes the helm, she's like, we're going to make some fucking money! Woo! And it's, uh cool because that's what it's all about on april uh in april of 2018 cbs news bay area reported that cpuc fined pg&e for improper back channel communications uh for 97.5 million dollars over the cpuc committee member and the pg&e dude's illegal uh communications and um because pg&e kept starting fires they decided to do the right thing you know they took all their goodwill that they had had and funneled it into a passion for, you know, safe, efficient services. And uh, in, in, in order that no more fires be caused by PG&E ever again, they made the decision to... Do you guys want to guess what they did? Oh, uh, the right Spend a lot of money, did the right thing. Mm, I didn't say spend a lot of money. Uh, they didn't spend any money and did the right thing. In order to provide stable, efficient services, PG&E decided to shut off power during high winds. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> you know, we're just going to turn off the power. In order to keep providing you guys with power, we're going to shut it off. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Win-win. <laughs> I, uh, I, I heard about this coming, and I invested in... 
generator stock. So <laughs> I killed it. Um, yeah, and this been some <laughs> thousands, sometimes yeah, no, hundreds, of, sometimes hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people would have their power shut off when the potential for high winds was forecasted. And PG&E had notified its customers of that very thing on November 6th, 2018. And they notified them that they might de-energize some of their power lines due to a high f- uh, forecast of high winds. The next day, on November 7th, they did shut off the power to parts of the town of Paradise, California. PG&E had spent two days notifying Northern California customers that, may, that they might have to shut off the power by... Uh, so they would spent two days doing this by November 8th, 2018. High winds berated the region, shaking transmission lines and testing their metal, their metal literally. On the 8th, though, PG&E didn't shut off the power. On that same day, a nearly 100-year-old hook snapped along the Caribou-Palermo transmission line, causing a high-voltage line to drop into the brush below it. At 6.15 a.m., PG&E had reported the outage. At 6.20, they had reported a fire. By 6.30, fire crews had been dispatched, and 15 minutes later, they had reached the location of the fire. The transmission line was on a sort of cliff, uh, inaccessible by fire truck, but that was kind of the least of their issues, uh, because the wind was blowing so hard that the crew, quote, struggled to stand upright as the winds whipped the flames. They were spreading with staggering speeds. The captain radioed dispatchers for backup, end quote. Uh, Sorry, Uh, this is still part of the quote. Uh, This has the potential of a major incident, he said, end quote. And... They hadn't known it at the time, but the campfire had just begun and was spreading extremely quickly. Quote, at its fastest, it engulfed 80 football fields a minute, by some estimates, wrote Catherine Blunt in her book, California Burning, The Fall of Pacific Gas and Electric and What It Means for America's Power Grid. Is this book a periodical she releases at this point? Or like, <laughs> you know, are there addendums every, every year? I mean, right. every yeah. fire, a new page comes out. Well, so there's the original book, and then there's a quarterly subscription. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah for sure. You can keep updated with it. Fuck. By 7 a.m., the fire had reached the town of Concow, California, where people were beginning to make calls about it. An hour later, at 8 a.m., it hit Paradise. 17 days later, when all was said and done, the fire had burned nearly the entire city of Paradise to the ground. 154,000 acres had burned, 85 people died, many fire victims were disabled or elderly. Some were found on their porch, others in their living rooms holding their animals, others hiding in their bathtubs. 18,000 buildings were destroyed. At the end of November, the courts were looking to bring PG&E back in for violating their probation, which had precluded them from committing any, you'll remember, crimes. And fires. Um, From California burning again, quote, San Bruno had exposed the company's knowing and willful violation of federal pipeline laws. Perhaps electric division employees had acted with that same state of mind. End quote. Uh, sorry. Uh, in crimin- at criminal negligence, PG&E would have committed involuntary manslaughter, the prosecutor wrote. At, and at malice, PG&E could have committed murder. End quote. Break out the whipping boy! <laughs> Good this thing we just hired the lady! <laughs> <laughs> And, like, Hanlon's Razor uh, says, quote, never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained by stupidity. But, like, I feel like this is both. I feel like this is both stupidity and malice. The, if if you allow yeah. stupidity to exist in a position where it's not supposed to be, yeah. like, you know, in charge of, like, making sure shit is 
not killing 150 some odd people. Yeah, there's uh, at, at the least it's like a, a heavy-handed uh, serving of willful ignorance. Yeah, yeah. it's well, just big, out big, of like, out of sight, out of mind on almost every issue that they're. Please, involved sir, with. can I have some more? Well, yeah. I can't hear you up here. <laughs> just gonna keep on walking. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, PG&E stock price had gone down during just you know everything uh making the company value at about nine billion dollars total liabilities for again just all of the crimes um would be about 30 billion by pg&e's estimates and were in order to make sure they didn't pay liabilities they had to get the victims to settle out of court sort of and when we get back from our break we're gonna see what pg&e did in court they said, you know what, guys, you know what? Okay, we fucked up. We've been fucking up a long time. We have a problem. I think we, and, and by and, we, we and, mean this guy, Joe, over here that's now. It's uh, been Joe the whole time. He took, we think he's got a problem. He needs to go to rehab. We took a he good suicide last night. We took a good uh, long look uh, at ourselves in the mirror, and we were like, it's, it's Joe. Joe. It's fucking Joe did it. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna and we're gonna be right back. <laughs> you guys later. It's cool. You will see us later, Sam, because we're back. Oh, uh, that was quick. On January fourteenth, two thousand nineteen, <laughs> that was smooth too. Um, because of just X-Lex. because of just like all the fires and death, uh, PG announced that they would be heading into Chapter Eleven bankruptcy again. Which critical uh, observers called Chapter wait. 22 bankruptcy. <laughs> they are um, an individual just filing yeah, bankruptcy. No big deal. Aren't they too big to fail? Mm, uh, the best thing, that's why bankruptcy's there, because you don't ever actually fail. Yeah. You just go, oops. I Yeah, and you know so, It was Joe. So they were uh, they were brought into court again. Um, however, since PG and E was on probation and uh, did that committing a crime thing. Uh, they were brought into probation court, too. The judge, Judge Alsup, which is a really cool name, A-L-S-U-P, Alsup. Alsup. Um, he had inherited the probational oversight of PG&E and was kind of sort of a hard-ass. He'd been the judge to give P- PG&E probation after San Bruno, the San Bruno explosion, so I don't know like how much of a hard-ass he really is, but um, <coughs> when he's sitting down here with them, he's kind of furious. And uh, in court, he faced the, the PG&E people and ask them uh what we're probably all thinking at this point like what the fuck dude why can't you just fix your shit what will yeah. it take and pg e kind of responded just like we'd have money. like we'd have to hire a bunch of dudes and that costs money and shit and basically the government wanted to know exactly what would it take to cause zero fires and how they the government could legally require them to get it done pg e attorneys argued that from california burning quote such requirements would force pg e to find Six uh, six hundred and fifty thousand full-time employees to clear some one hundred million trees at a cost between seventy-five billion and one hundred billion dollars. The attorney estimated. Now, before we this is what they told the government. This is what they told the government. Yeah, and I think we all here can like smell that some bullshit. You know, because like they're also earmarks. Maybe it sounds like they're also talking about hiring. If they hired them all today. For all this half a million people to do all these things right now, it, it bankrupt us, you know? I'm just saying there's probably about that many people available at a cell 
door unlocking away. <laughs> get some cheap labor. Here at your state prison. Yes. And so they, you know, they, they've, they've got, they're incentivized to be tacking on ridiculously high numbers because it kind of protects them, you know. If they're looking at uh, $30 billion in liability, saying that it'd be triple or quadruple that makes prioritizing safety look like an unreasonable thing to, get, to do. And I want to be clear for the listeners, that is my opinion on what they're doing here. I don't know the actual numbers. But it just kind of seems like they're like, they're like, dude, you're being unreasonable. And I don't, I don't think that that's the truth. Uh, by the way, PG&E is pushing back on pruning trees and replacing and repairing old infrastructure when they've been uh, burning California the fuck down. Within two years, quote, the 2017 and 2018 fires had collectively burned 3% of California's uh, acreage, end quote. Your mic's off, Sam. Your mic's not on. 3%. 3%. 3 fucking percent. Yeah. yeah. 3. Yeah. That's it? <laughs> that's all barely five talk to me when it's 40 <laughs> well and i don't know it's it... <laughs> what what oh, hold on what uh, what people don't realize is like three percent that's all that's left to like the redwoods yeah 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 three percent mm-hmm. so three percent is like Better not be the wrong fucking three percent. That's all I'm saying, or we'll have no more redwoods. Yeah, like, yeah. And like, how much money does it really cost to maintain all this stuff? You know, if you had, if we had gone back forty years, how much money would they have saved by just doing the fucking thing? Um, oh yeah, whatever. It, like, how many years in a row were they making a billion dollars profit? Yeah, yeah. And yet they're still bleeding money like some weird fucking pinata. You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking weird. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the CPUC's new head, Maribel ba- Bajer, um, takes a look at the situation as a newcomer and is fucking dumbfounded, saying, quote, I've only been at CPUC a couple of months, but it does not take long to see the privilege investor-owned utilities have, being a unique provider of essential services to the public. It has also not taken me long to see that some util- utilities fail to understand what a privilege that is, end quote. <laughs> Which is true, like, CPUC... Uh, should be doing their jobs and actually finding these guys, but instead PG they're they're allowed to work with the logic of like traffic fines, where like a four hundred dollar ticket to a regular person is a disincentive, whereas it's just the cost of doing business if you're a rich person, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. We actually uh, one of our newest songs that Zach wrote uh, for brunch is uh, called White Horse, and the last line that we repeat is, "If uh, the punishments of fine be imposed, the crime." Yeah, exactly. And right. Like, and also, PG&E they haven't been they haven't felt threatened. Like their existence hasn't felt ever threatened with any of these. No, nah, they're just over there in the left lane, going as fast as they fucking want. They don't care if they get pulled over. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Shit. And so, yeah, this judge, Judge Alsup, uh, he was pissed off. Uh, and wanted answers when addressing PG&E on one day. He was quote feeling testy. And here's another quote from Burning California. Also, in his black robes, took a seat at the dais, white brows furrowed. He was feeling testy, and no mood for corporate, for corporate platitudes. First thing he did was to remind everyone in the room that eight people had burned alive during the San Bruno explosion. Now, nearly two dozen more had burned alive in their cars and homes. And he's talking about the Tubbs fire here, uh, which we haven't discussed, but it's, there's a lot of things to bring into this, because there's just a lot of crimes. Uh, anyway, he oh, says, this would be eight if we listed yeah, every oh, fire yeah. that people died in. You know, like how There's many special bonus episodes with the, the uh, oh, really at? You know, if we started at the very beginning of this fucking journey, yeah. 
it's thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incountable because there's not even documented like for the 1800 stuff, right? Yeah. Like, well, it is, but it's on paper, so. <laughs> right. And it, it burns. It's in that arena. Yeah. Yeah. And then they burnt the arena down. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. know what happened. It was an electrical fire. <laughs> um, that didn't happen, by the way. Um, I've been waiting for that to happen since I was told all the paper was put together in one building somewhere in California. <laughs> that doesn't happen, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but we're gonna... I thought you were going to tell us that, it was, that that warehouse was in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is continuing. Uh, this is continuing uh, Judge Allslip. Uh, quote, the tender dryness of the chaparral in California, that is all it takes to start a fire. High wind, trees, power lines, 70, uh, 17 wildfires, 22 people killed, one month, October, the judge spat. So that raises the question, what do we do? Does the judge just turn a blind eye and say, PG&E, continue your business as usual, kill more people by starting more fires? Uh, PG&E's attorneys were silent, all subside. This know is it, a direct quote. He said those this words. This is a direct quote. Yeah. Spicy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, PG&E attorneys were silent. All subside. I know it's not quite that simple because we've got to have electricity in the state, but can't we have electricity that is delivered safely in this state? Uh, then also asked a fundamental question. Why couldn't PG&E make sure the risk of fire was zero? And the, uh, the company line uh, was to tow the complexities of fire risks, vegetation management, how much money it would cost, and all of that. And they're completely ignoring the fact that, you know, if they had invested in this shit from the beginning, they wouldn't be here trying to explain all this shit. And rather than letting them speak, quote, also cut the lawyer off. He had done some math. By his calculations, the company had paid $4.5 billion in dividends to his investors in the last five years. He was almost exactly right. The company had distributed $4.4 billion in dividends since 2013, suspending them after the 2017 fires. I hear it all... This is a direct quote from him, too. Uh, I hear it all the time. Safety, 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 the judge said. But it's not really true. Safety is not your number one thing. You could have spent more money to cut down those trees. End quote. I really like that this judge is being, like, harsh against them. But yeah. what are we doing? Like, we, we need some sort of, like, you know... I don't know, government body that maybe hmm, oversees, kind of overse yeah, oversees them, yeah, some regulations maybe that have regulate that yeah, 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 yeah. come yeah. with maybe some stricter uh, criminal punishments, yeah, or at least like something has to happen here, right? Like these these guys are committing crimes, and basically, basically nothing's happening to them, and it's it's fucking crazy. Anyway. So while there's a bunch of hullabaloo in the courts about who did what, when, and why, PG&E is still operating somehow. They spend all this money on legal fees and attorneys and travel expenses and the like, while, while the energy grid they're discussing is still active overhead and traveling through areas of high fire probability. And it takes months for anything to, get, to be done. So while all this is going on, weather is changing. So is the climate. And that brings us to Sonoma County, California. Uh, by the end of yeah. September <laughs> by the end of September and beginning of October 2019 the Diablo and Santa Ana winds were forecasted to come in as they usually do PG&E issued announcements on October 8th that it would be temporarily shutting power off uh, shutting off power during times of high wind and that customers should be aware of that they were especially sure to note the outages, the outages could last a few days 
Their website crashed as people rushed to see who would be affected, where the outages w would be, and all that. <laughs> so you know, it's it's funny because like your it, health insurance will pay for like the machines that like keep you alive, but mm -hmm. they won't pay for a generator to keep you alive. <laughs> PG&E was reaching out to those 30,000 people for medical reasons. <laughs> Sorry. Meanwhile, PG&E was rushing to contact 30,000 people who relied on their utility for their medical machines. Uh, they had to notify them that they would be out of power, probably, maybe, sort of, and that their life-saving medical devices may, you know, not work anymore. PG&E. Just so you know, here's <laughs> a little heads up. Is You're gonna fucking die. die. I die. Can you get a generator in two days? That's what All right, you got that. you got a choice to make. How person, do you person on life-saving medical equipment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Die from failure of uh, the equipment or from a fire? You know, like, oh, you died from being poor. Oh. How so? How does, how? Just think about it like this: How cold does your insulin really need to be? <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, in response to why the outages were occurring, they simply said, they being PG&E, uh, sorry, said they, quote, simply could not continue running parts of the system given the risks to the public. We must have zero risk of spark, end quote. <laughs> so you're there admitting that, <laughs> that their system you know, is so garbage and so decayed that they cannot actually run the system. Almost like, <laughs> no, no, check it out. If you're really like, let's take a big step back. Like, they're like, okay. Maybe they're just trying to kill as many people as possible. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because they're like, look, if we turn off the power, we could kill like 30,000 people. <laughs> it's the trolley 30, problem. 30,000. Now I'm dying. Yes. 150? You ain't seen shit yet. Watch us. It's the trolley problem, Watch but it's us. a corporation as the single person. <laughs> yeah. No, the corporation is a single person. You got to keep remembering that. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's... A bunch of bullshit because they could be maintaining their power lines. They, like, it's literally, literally their backbone of their company. So it's, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. But instead, they're like, "Oops, <laughs> I guess we can't, we can't you know, have power if there's any wind." Right. That's very realistic. That's exactly what the quote sounds like. Whatever. Thankfully, there had been a bit of rain, and and uh, rain. I don't know if you guys know this can stop fires, but what it can't do is ensure the integrity of a small metal hook. Not unlike that which had broken had started the campfire. As PG&E was switching off power lines uh, on, October, on October 23rd. We just passed the Paradise Fire, Sam. I thought that's what the metal hook started. It, oh, it did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I lost my place. Just keeping you honest, bud. <laughs> didn't, didn't, they know, didn't they know that these metal hooks are only 100-year metal hooks? Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> the warranty says it very clearly. <laughs> Uh, so, 100 is best. So as PG&E was switching off power lines on October 23rd, another metal hook broke in Sonoma County. The Kincaid fire had burned for over 13 days, over 78,000 acres. Uh, no one died, but four people were injured. 374 buildings were destroyed, both homes and businesses, and 90,000 structures were threatened. The thing is, the plan to de-energize transmission lines, the plan that they were like, all right, we're going to turn the power off so that there's no risk of power, there's no risk of power starting fires. Uh, that didn't include the 290 kilovolt lines. And that was the line that had broke when the Kincaid fire had started. It was a tw uh, 290 volt uh, kilovolt line. And so, uh, yeah, it's cool. Even even when they're, they're like, all right, we're going to run these emergency protocols and shut off power. They're not doing enough. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, a a, a 290,000 volt line isn't located 20 feet off the ground. It's located like 100 feet off the ground. Yeah. Why is there a tree close enough to fall <laughs> on a fucking power yeah. line? That yeah. Big? Like, dang, you had about 10 years to see it coming. Well, and what, it, Mike, and dude, this really? And this Kincaid fire, the hook actually had been worn down. Oh, sure, and the wire sure. had fallen from the, the power them. line. But still, like, that's still shitty maintenance, you know what I mean? And building, you should have cleared the whole area around it with, like, you know, okay, if a wire at its, like, longest where it can break from point, like, let's make sure there's nothing burnable at this radius yeah. here. Well, that's, that's kind of unrealistic because it's outside and it rains and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you gotta right. you gotta pave underneath the power lines like everything the whole country that's pave. the real end game and, and I mean you could do a five... burn it all down pave it you could I'm do the a... opposite of the Lorax <laughs> you could do like a five year plan you know send a crew I up there to cut the but... cement. <laughs> send a crew up there to cut vegetation every five years and honestly this podcast is not meant to deliberate on what pg&e should do because i think oh, that, yeah. that, that we don't know the ins and outs here um, we know what they should have done and that's better <laughs> yeah so meanwhile <clears throat> uh, while the kincaid fire started uh the pg&e bankruptcy hearings were still ongoing uh the long short of it was three-pronged um settling and paying off claims from the fires for you know fire victims uh, paying their shareholders and bondholders, and maintaining the business long enough to return to making a profit. So uh, PG&E is thirsty for cash and is hoping that the government will issue them enough money to cover some of their expenses. And essentially, there's a handful of groups sitting in on these bankruptcy uh, meetings because PG&E owes all of them, you know, XYZ. Uh, you know, there's the victims, the bondholders, shareholders are represented. Uh, PG&E, as the corporation, is represented. Uh, the judge, uh, who symbolically and literally represents California. Um, uh, so there's a lot of interests here that are kind of pulling at these settlement meetings. Um, and there's also like this, I didn't fully understand it, but there's this weird like bondholder versus stockholder uh, battle that we're not going into. Um, and essentially they're like financially competing against each other for like the financial interest of PG&E. Because like if, if um, the bondholders get the company to give out shares to the fire victims that devalues the price the the value of the shareholders is stock and that means the bondholders have more influence blah blah, blah. it's got it's like a bunch of crazy financial shit but they're like fighting over each over it basically and uh pg&e bondholders wanted to offer the tort claimant committee uh which was an 11 person committee who represented 70,000 fire victims 8.4 billion dollars in cash Otherwise, if they wanted more, they could get maybe a little bit more cash, and the rest would be in PG&E stocks. Uh, there would be a discussion as to how exactly much stock the victims would get, though, because the committee who represented the fire victims wanted to receive exactly $6.75 billion in stock, but PG&E, you know, stocks fluctuate and stuff. Um, and uh, one, of the, one of those attorneys representing these more than 16,000 victims was Mikhail Watts, um, and he was the lead negotiator during PG&E's bankruptcy. Um, and as I mentioned before, there's a bit of back and forth with all these different interests, so it's taking a while. And with a bunch of bullshit offers passed back and forth, on December 6th, 2019, the bankruptcy hearing was over with a settlement reached. For the North Bay survivors, including the Tubbs Fire and Kincaid Fire and the Camp Fire of 2018, PG&E agreed to pay $117 million. M mil <coughs> million. Uh, yeah, with an M. A lowly M. Yeah pretty million it'll be enough million. though right it'll be it'll probably be enough that's totally enough yeah. yeah 
Um, you know, and so they, this is all a little confusing, but essentially in order to get out of bankruptcy, they had to settle the wildfire claims. They had to restructure their business. And eventually PG&E would emerge from the bankruptcy with $38 billion in debt. They would continue doing their complicated power providing thing. Um, still, some people in Wall Street's influence on the victims' committees had been complicated. In March of 2020, the settlement agreed, uh, agreement was finalized and set, <laughs> and set before the fire victims to vote on it. And ultimately, in May of 2020, it would be agreed upon by 85% of fire victims. In March of 2020, so this is j just after that, um, former directors uh, and executives of PG&E came to an agreement as well. 19 of them, represented by the PG&E uh, name, pleaded guilty to 84 counts of involuntary manslaughter for the campfire victims. They, PG&E, would also, in exchange for liabilities, pay uh, $13.5 billion to the settlement, uh, uh, settlement into a PG&E fire victims trust. Half of that fund would be in cash, the rest in shares. And, um, yeah, so th these, these like, executives at PG&E agree to, like, you know, plead guilty as the dudes at PG&E, but they're, they are PG&E because PG&E is the person. It's really weird. And uh, they're forced to pay into this um, victim's fund. And this trust fund is not for a specific group, but for all of California, from what I understand. So it's pretty, pretty cool. It also indicates, like, oh, we're going to have to set this up because more people are going to get fire hurt and is uh, that an admission of guilt is that an admission of guilt right there like kind of kind of yeah i would think it kind of is yeah it, well it's a literal plea of guilty but it's it's one of those things where it's like the corporation's a person but so is the person doing it and there's 19 yeah. and so it's just a weird mix of, of shit Gotcha. Um, These are the people who are in charge. Yeah. Right? So they pled guilty to counts of manslaughter. Do they have to go to prison? No, they uh, they would pay, uh, as I said, in exchange for liabilities, they would pay uh, $13.5 billion in exchange for liabilities. Uh, yeah. And that who gets that money? That the, goes to the, fire the, the fund? fund? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so when what did, what did you say when um <clears throat> when the punishments are fine, being poor is the crime. Yeah, yeah, neat. Yeah, and understandably, uh, understandably, many victims were pissed. Uh, the entire settlement had basically ignored the victims because shareholders wanted to offer this offer, which is slightly less money than what the bondholders wanted to offer. However, the bondholder was also giving out shares of PG&E, which blah, blah, blah. You know, again, there's a weird battle-ish thing going on behind the scenes. Um, and they all want to get PG&E to try to fuck the victims, which saves them money. And if you ask me, they did fuck the, the fire victims. Um, because it was a lot less than PG&E owed. Uh, to, add it, uh, to add to it, thousands of criminal and civil cases would go untried in the courts as a part of the settlement. PG&E could have been held liable for uh, each of those destroyed homes and burned properties. The number could have been tens of billions, tens of billions of dollars or more, perhaps even hundreds of, uh, in billions, um, which would have damaged PG&E's shareholder prices. Um, so, in addition to it being like a low-ass number, <coughs> pardon me. In addition to in addition to it being a low-ass number, rather. Um, for all the damages they'd caused, the agreement also meant that there would never be any trials for any victims going further. And Mikhail Watts, who re represented about 16,000 victims, uh, had been the negotiator for the settlement, and he had pushed for it. 
after uh, he after the settlement was reached would go out on stage and discuss the victory he had helped negotiate now remember Mikhail Watts a lawyer was to get 33% of the settlement as a part of his oh uh, yeah yeah Watch, Watts, in a strange PowerPoint presentation, spoke to the crowd of victims. He started by appealing to them with his folksy hometown language, using words like hard-working people who only got Monday through Friday jobs, and mentioning football and colloquial phrases like, you can only squeeze so much out of a turnip, he spoke to the crowd. Uh, I don't know if he actually sounded like that. It's just for the fun of it. Um, when you say shit like you can only squeeze so much out of a turnip, yeah. it kind of slaps like you're some... Old timey fucking snake oil salesman. Banjo oh, yeah. This has red flannel and salt of mercury in it. Um, fucking asshole. He was revealing to the fire victims that he'd been communicating with Nighthead Financial's founder, Tom Wagner, who had held a ton of shares in PG&E. Not only that, but Stifle Financial, an investment bank from Missouri with weird, obscure ties to PG&E, uh, had reached out to to Mikal and offered him a hundred million as a loan that he could use while waiting for the trial to conclude. <laughs> Centerbridge Partners, which held shares in PG&E, also met with Watts. Watts called the two investors he met real nice guys. After his meeting with the financial dudes, he was notified that from Burning California again. Quote: Centerbridge had become one of Watts's lenders by purchasing part of his debt through the lines of credit. So at Apollo Global Management, one of the bondholders that had allied with Elliott Management in its efforts to trounce the, share, the PG&E shareholders with a completing pan, uh, plan to get PG&E out of bankruptcy. So, end quote. And so basically, these Wall Street firms are like, they're buying his debt and they're giving him lines of credit and stuff like that. And it's not like a wink, wink thing, but it is like this really weird thing. And he's uh, basically telling these people that, that like, he's standing in front of fire victims and he's like, there was no strings attached, guys. Anybody could, like, they, they could have done that just because out of the goodness of their hearts, you know? And uh, and for legal reasons, I have to be clear, I don't, I haven't seen a direct line of corruption and cannot claim that. But, I mean, kind of looks like it. Um, so, again, yeah, he's, he's standing in front of these fire victims and he's like, yeah, guys, we won. They bought all my debt. Give me $100 million in, as a line of credit, which did not affect the settlement at all. <laughs> and he also gets 33%. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. On September 27th, 2020, the Zog fire started, burning most of the communities of Igo and Ono in Tehama County, California. It killed four people and burned 204 buildings to the ground. On September, uh, sorry, on November 11th, 2020, Ghost Ship lawsuit settled for an undisclosed amount for the 32 of the 36 victims. In March of 2021, investigations into the, so the Zog fire determined that a gray pine tree, which had been flagged for removal by PG&E after the uh, 2018 car fire, hadn't been removed. A portion of the tree <laughs> fell on power lines, causing the fire. <laughs> oh, shit. We had tagged that one, too, man. Oh, man. I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> but it's instead of it being your keys, it's, it's, like, it's a tree. <laughs> Cal Fire sued them for $33 million for, re uh, for reimbursement, uh, and CPUC fined them $155 million. The next year, as PG&E is wont to do, another fire started due to their infrastructure. The Dixie Fire started on July 13th. The hottest, uh, the hottest summer recorded in California history at the time had been combined with the most extreme mega at drought in 1,200 years. And Room for improvements. And wind. These three kooky, kooky characters came together and pushed a tree onto a PG&E power line and started a fire. 
and how. It would go for a little more than three months, killing a firefighter, hurting two others, destroying 1,329 buildings, and chewing through just shy of a million acres. So that's impressive, right? Those are some numbers. That's goat territory right there. Greatest of all time. Lightning ain't got shit on me. I burned the forest. Also in July of 2021, the Brewer Fire started near Grass Valley, California. This one's really interesting, though, because it only burned five acres, so it's not really, like, well-known, and it's not really newsworthy, except for the fact that... Well, that like, all five of those acres was a school yeah. full of kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's like when Cal Fire arrived, they saw the, the flames had been started by the transmission tower, uh, and that transmission tower hadn't been properly maintained by PG&E, which, it, surprise, surprise... Um, allegedly not me. Allegedly. Uh, here's yeah. NBC Bay Area News. Quote, I was shocked by how many places where they could have done the right thing, where they could have taken action, said Ken Busk, a veteran, ele- <clears throat> a veteran electrical engineer who's been investigating more than a thousand fires. One of the missed opportunities, he said, involved over overheating of the pole Cal Fire's uh, report blames for the Brewer fire. Uh, so like a pole, a power pole, like metal one had started overheating. Uh, Cal Fire's report cites a photo of a white hot bolt atop a power pole where the fire started. Cal Fire says the overheated bolt was likely the source of the sparks that sent fire to the ground below. Nine months before the fire, that same location <laughs> on top of the pole was flagged for ov- over uh, was flagged over <coughs> severe overheating during a routine thermal inspection, according to inspection records. The notes of the infrared inspection logged a temperature atop the pole approaching 325 degrees. Uh, enough under PG&E standards to, to require repair within 30 days, end quote. I mean, a white hot bolt. <laughs> a yeah, white they gotta start giving these, like, less cool names. So they're just, right? like, kind of happy about that white hot bolt action, you know? Yeah. It's a great... Jesus. It's another great band name. Yeah. White hot white bolt. White hot bolt. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. This company rocks. <laughs> They're really good at their jobs. Oh, I'm buying a t-shirt after this. It was also um, revealed that someone had come out to check the pool previously, and instead of inspecting it properly, had just done a visual check. It was all, This was also despite yeah, the fact still that, there. that PG&E okay. had previously flagged it for replacement, quote, due to extensive woodpecker damage, as well as the overheating previously identified by another inspector on the infrared image, end quote. <laughs> And PG, uh, PG&E learned a lesson that day. One of the rare and probably still ignored lessons that we're going to get out of these episodes. Uh, they no longer allowed inspectors to submit just visual checks. for They, they, they couldn't substitute visual checks for uh, infrared inspections. So, so that's cool. Don't look hot. And this is where our hero gets redeemed, guys, right? Yeah. This is where, yeah. where we go. January 2022. Cal Fire investor, investigators determined the Dixie Fire had been started by PG&E. <laughs> the transmission line that had started the Dixie Fire was five miles from the one that had started the 2018 campfire. And it was either on or near, I haven't been able to figure out which, the Caribou Palermo transmission line. April 11th, 2022, from PBS. Quote, Pacific Gas and Electric has agreed to pay more than $55 million to avoid criminal prosecution for two major wildfires started by aging Northern California power lines belonging to the nation's largest utility. 
PG&E does not admit any wrongdoing in the two settlements reached with the prosecutors for last year's Dixie Fire, one of the biggest in, in one of the biggest wildfires in California history, and the 2019 Kincaid Fire in Sonoma County. The deal expedites damage payments to the hundreds of people whose homes were destroyed. So that's cool. That's cool. They're not oh, admitting so wrongdoing. They're just <laughs> going to pay. They're like, well, if we don't bring it to court, we'll pay. We're not wrong, yeah. but we Players pay. Yeah. Yeah, we feel bad. We, it's just out of the goodness of our hearts. Yeah. The goodness of Scum fucks. On September 6th, 2022, the Mosquito Fire started just above Oxbow Reservoir, west of Sacramento. It burned for two and a half months, ravaging the small towns of Bluff, uh, Michigan Bluff, Forest Hill, and Volcanoville, California. It cost $180 million. That last one had it coming to it with the name. <laughs> <Yeah>. Volcanoville. <laughs> yeah, Volcanoville is asking to get destroyed. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, the only way you could be more asking to be destroyed would be to like name yourself like Sonic Gamora. Oh. <laughs> uh, so the mosquito fire uh, it cost 180 million dollars uh, to fight. Uh, 78 bil buildings were destroyed. PG&E has denied any wrongdoing, although reports about power power fluctuations near the location uh, and around the same time as the ignition of the fires are being investigated. Investigated. The website of Rainer, Slaughter, and Frankel Law Offices, however, seem to, seems to have a position from which they see this fire. In part, their website says, quote, Through, uh, Though the investigation into the Mosquito Fire has not uh, been completed, empirical evidence suggests PG&E's equipment caused the fire. End quote. So, I mean, I can't say it, that they're, they started but the they fire. Said it. But they said it. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. And uh, when we get back, guys... I hope you're excited, because we're starting in January of 2023. Oh, we're talking Lord. this year, baby. Modern history. So far. Current events. Yeah, from 1850, or 1822 to here. Yeah. That's a long way, guys. Almost 200 <laughs> I years. I tried so hard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back in just a sec. All right. Feels like the first time. And it feels like we're back. How are you guys doing? You guys Wonderful. Both, you guys are both just looking at your phones, looking very <laughs> like furrowed brows. <laughs> Sam. I'm picking out what color scheme I want my flyer for trivia night for tomorrow to be, so it's yeah. important things that Crit this guy's critical are doing. thinking. Critical thinking over yeah, here. The important things going on in Kyle Mocha's Critical life. thinking with Noam Chomsky. <laughs> <laughs> on January 17th, 2023, PG&E reached a $24 million settlement with the counties of Shasta, Plumas, Lassen, Butte, and Tehama, as well as five other public agencies as a result of the Dixie Fire. Two-ish weeks later, on February 1st, 2023, District uh, Shasta County District Attorney's uh, lawsuit against PG&E for the Zog Fire was re reduced to 11 felony and misdemeanor charges, including involuntary manslaughter. <clears throat> On May 18th, 2023, the CPUC released an announcement, quote, The California Public Utilities Commission today approved a settlement agreement between CPUC Safety and Enforcement Division, SED, and Pacific Gas and Electric Company for PG&E's involvement in the 2020 Zog Fire. Under the terms of the settlement agreement, PG&E will pay a total of 
10 million will be paid as a penalty to California's general fund and 140 million in share shareholder funds will be invested for new wildlife mitig mitigation initiatives designed to mitigate the risk of similar events occurring in the future. PG &E Cuz we got to mitigate wildlife. Yeah. <coughs> PG &E that's the real criminal here, dude. The trees. The fucking trees. The fucking trees, we need to man. Get the fucking trees. Bastards. Which goddamn cellulose loving I, fucking oxygen making bastards. Carbon sequestering fucks. Those jerks. And they just like grow wherever they want to, like cock and fucking pricks. Cockroaches. Um, Anyway, this is still the CPUC. Uh, PG&E will also implement several new uh, vegetation management systems in high fire risk areas, end quote. So, yeah, in May of this year, PG&E, knowing everything that, that we know now, is still like, look, we can't maintain all the power lines, but we'll do some vegetation management in some areas. But, like, spending more, you know, on that would cut into our budgets. So it's, you know, the, I, I keep saying cool in this episode, but it's kind of like a... Natural Not reaction cool. to yeah to yeah yeah I noticed it I'm annoyed with myself but it it's real it's, it dude it just feels like the kind of scenario where you're like look we gave you decades <laughs> we gave you decades yeah. here's what's gonna happen you're all going to jail uh -huh. you shouldn't have been there mm -hmm. you shouldn't have been sitting in that seat and if you were gonna sit in that seat. You, you should know that the risk is that, just like the captain of a ship, you're responsible for everybody's well-being. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and because you, as a corporation, have shown that you cannot handle that, you're, you're all fired. Go to jail. <laughs> um, the state then just takes everything. Yeah. And auctions it off to other companies who want to buy into being the, the, the power provider. And put it takes, new regulations at takes, the beginning. Yeah, takes yeah. <laughs> that money and starts regulating from the get-go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus Christ. High school dropouts coming up with these kind of <laughs> ideas? Hey, I did some college. Uh, <laughs> May 30th. Yeah, to some college. I mean, yeah. It was a couple of semesters. So, like one college. It was for music, so I feel I qualified to talk college. about this. I May, did one semester. It was like half a college. Yeah, it's half a college. May 30th, 2023, the lawsuit against PG&E for the Zog fire was dismissed because there wasn't enough evidence supporting the fact that PG&E had known about the risk. Maybe because PG&E has had terrible records about its transmission lines or like they were all on paper. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened there. Uh, whatever. Shasta County received an agreement for $50 million. Uh, $45 million went to various organizations to help... Uh, victims and another five million in fines from the county <clears throat> so that's cool this seems like uh seems like they're giving giving money to the right people and they're giving it to various organizations to help victims and you know charities and stuff so there's no way that that could be a bad thing no, it's definitely enough. on july 25th pg&e held innovation summit 2023 this is this is probably my favorite part guys i think this is my favorite oh, part of the story all right, Innovation <laughs> Summit. Yep. It was Go a, on. <laughs> it was a conference with other leaders in, in corporate, you know, energy utilities. PG&E's uh, CEO sat down and held a virtual discussion with the one, the only, the dude who's literally never invented anything in his whole life, Elon Musk. Get the <laughs> 
fuck out. Yeah. Big Musky. <laughs> Big Musky. Musky boy coming to bring up the morale of the show. Elon, who purchased the app formerly known as Twitter for $44 million in October and as of May 31st this year, has crashed the business into the ground by losing nearly two-thirds of its value, uh, met with the CEO and P, uh, of PG&E in a virtual conference to discuss from ABC7, quote, the challenge of how to upgrade electrical output at the lowest cost to society. It will cost billions for a utility that's already struggling financially with lawsuits, end quote. Elon, in his infinite wisdom, said something that I think everybody has at least thought about for the last 10 years. But going back even like the, the 90s, the 80s even, um, you know, rather than building new power plants, we should focus on bountiful resources we already have. Quote, fortunately, we have the sun, which is throwing off absurd amounts of energy and it's zero maintenance and it shows up every day. It's amazing. End quote. And uh, yeah, that was his suggestion. That was his suggestion. Which is interesting. Tesla walls. I'm surprised you didn't just go, hey, so uh, fire is already happening. What if we harness the energy from all these random what fires? If could, what if we could find a way to just, like, harvest the fire? Yeah. That, that's a cool idea. That Write that down. Write that down. Fire uh, harvester. And, and, and it's also funny because Elon doesn't actually know any of the details about this. He's just kind of assuming that tran the transmission lines are going to work and that you know, they, things aren't collapsing in the forests and, you know, houses are up to date and shit like it. Uh -huh. It's pretty interesting because he is one of those one-track mind people that I think we've kind of firmly established on this show. Um, anyway. Uh, being a dunce. <laughs> yeah. A month ago at the time of recording this, on August 2nd, 2023, a lawsuit was filed against PG&E for their role in the Fly Fire and the Dixie Fire, with the former merging into the latter. Uh, ten Northern California counties filed a lawsuit against PG&E for uh, PG&E's alleged role in causing the fires. The lawsuit is over the impact the fire had on people's health. The fire released a shitload of smoke, which, which lay often heavily over towns and cities in the region. The smoke released contained, quote, air pollutants, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, nitrogen oxide, as well as things like tires and litter and other human-made things. All the benzenes you could ever hope for. Yeah. Uh, continuing that quote, the levels of particulate matter and other pollutants in the air these people were breathing is unimaginable, said lead attorney Paul Stirat, uh, Starita uh, of Singleton Schreiber uh, in a press release. Uh, the substances they were inhaling breath after breath will continue to have long-term health impacts that will take years to fully realize. These people will show the thereafter uh, the the after-effects of PG&E's failure to maintain their equipment over the next several decades, and we are seeking to hold the utility accountable for what they've done here, end quote. As of five days ago, today, which is September 3rd, Shasta County Board of Supervisors voted 3-2 to two to send a letter to the state's attorney general. According to Action News Now of Northern California, quote, the letter would specifically ask the attorney general why Shasta County District Attorney Stephanie Bridget dropped the criminal charges against PG&E and how she decided to divide the, the $50 million, specifically why $7 million of it would go to a nonprofit she's on board of, end quote. So. Oh, yeah. Fucking welcome to Reading, bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude. Oh. Oh, what's this lady's name? Uh, her name is Stephanie Bridget. Stephanie I.E. Um, the investigation would look into a potential backroom dealing. Uh, so again, this is all alleged. We have no proof of this. Um, it would 
look into the potential backroom dealings between PG&E and the Shasta County District Attorney Stephanie Bridget, with a letter saying from that article, quote, it says it appears in April of the year, uh, in April of that year, I think, <clears throat> PG&E and Shasta DA engaged in confidential settlement negotiations, which the board was not made aware of. It goes on to say, uh, the funds were predetermined to be distributed to certain entities and charities, many of which suffered no loss in the Zog fire, end quote. And so, yeah, we've caught up to basically today in our storyline. And, like, I didn't, I didn't really know how to end this episode. So after some thought, I decided we should, you know, look at the governmental, corporate, and legal corruption and the conspiracies inherent in them as kind of a bit of a metaphor, you know. The thing about these conspiracies is that they exist in behind closed doors and they make policy decisions that affect everybody's lives. And whether they're shady interactions between CPUC and PG&E or Wall Street investor dudes, uh, you know, who whisper in the ears of these victim attorneys, um, these meetings, they, these people meet behind closed doors and they make decisions that affect people. You know, it's kind of like D&D. I like D&D. And a bunch of people go into a room and they have like a... They, 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 they have like this entire world that they exist within there. And when you get out, it feels like if you're not from inside there and people tell you about it, it feels like a bunch of like nerds just talking about wizards and shit. But when D and D players leave that that's it. Right. When these people leave, they've changed the face of the world, you know? And it, I don't know. It, the same goes with like the industry fucks at the CP CPUC, the private companies, shell corporations, holding companies, district attorneys, and all of them. They all go behind these like closed doors, and when the game is over for the day, they box up the game and they leave having experienced a whole new world. But we get to suffer from what they're doing. They don't just box up the game, dude. They box up people's money and they steal it. Yeah. They take it. They do fucking things they shouldn't do with it. Yeah. They take food. They take money that should be spent fucking feeding people who no longer have a fucking home to live in because of PG&E's actions and, and they go off and do whatever they want with it. This woman should be, this is this shit, dude. This, this woman should be whipped in public or something, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know if I would go that hard, but I, I nah, understand fuck her, dude, fuck her, fuck her, fuck people like her. Oh, you were, you were voted into a position of power and you use that only to gain, you know, for your own gain and benefit only. Yeah. Uh, and in 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 fact, in doing so, you're gonna you're gonna victimize hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been of the mentality that if you uh, choose to go into the line of work that is a public servant, as they you know, as they technically are supposed to be, uh, any pretty much anything, unless you're in like intelligence, which is a totally other subject to to attack. Uh, like pretty much everything you do should be on the up and up. Like it should be reported. It should be recorded. It should be yeah. like available at all times. I should be able to go right now and call a number and like, and maybe this exists. I don't really get super involved with this stuff, but maybe I can call and be like, Hey, where's my Senator? What are they doing today? Yeah. Like what thought is I to not necessarily where he's going? Cause there's safety protocols. Yeah. But, but what's like, he working on? You know, like what's he working on? Like the doc, the, the the interactions, the behind closed door stuff, sh like is how since the beginning of fucking you know at least this story, but most you know time, that's all evil is done. Yeah, it's right. away from the spotlight, and it's right. done to benefit only those yeah. involved. It's just greed and like 
you know, it goes back to the cliche money is the root of all fucking evil. Yeah. Like it is well, like and in- it's just people that have the mentality that grew in and created the world that if you're not getting bigger, you are failing. Yeah. And then if you do fail, fuck it, take whatever you can take and start something else. Yeah. And that's like the, like, I don't know, the American dream. It's just, it's sad. It's just, uh, especially it's- like, like, like the negative actual effect that they've had on people's lives and, and the, the entire state of California, just from like damage for like their, their crimes and yeah. fires, man. Well, and I, like, I think it's also crazy because it, you know, PG and E is happening here in Northern California. You know, they've spread a little yeah. bit in Oregon and stuff. But this is just an example of also what's going on elsewhere too. You know, the, oh yeah, and that's the that's the craziest thing about it is we could amplify this by probably a thousand times, and I don't know that we'd ever reach that. I, I'd feel comfortable right. saying that that many conspiracies right. exist out here. Well, you know, what happened? What happened in Hawaii? Yeah. What happened in Hawaii? Right. What yeah. caused those fires it, in Hawaii? I mean, for, it was wind yeah. and power lines that were not properly maintained. Yep. Caught on fire. How many people are dead now in Hawaii? Yep. How much? How much? irreplaceable history was just destroyed by some fucking utility company how many kids just lost their lives because of some Mm -hmm. fucking utility company's inability to goddamn just cut some fucking things down instead of making money and and this is still a question we're still talking about it the only thing that those guys cut are corners man (laughs) Well, and, you right. Bet. So I think there's a couple of ways we can tackle this issue with like the power industry, um, but I I don't I don't I don't have a like a, a solution, you know. But I do. Like I think the CPUs PC seemed like a good idea, you know. But they need to have more regulations over utilities and their shell corporations, you know. They need more teeth and not less. Um, another way we could do it is we could have free market capitalism determine what prices are, which I mean we're kind of seeing what's happening here. So uh, that seems like a bad That's idea. That's where this whole thing started with these yeah. guys. That's what you know. That was yeah. the whole first episode was free market capitalism and what does it do? Yeah. And and what did it do? It burned down San Francisco. How many times? How many people are dead? How much mm-hmm. toxic waste is laying around? Free market capitalism. That's yeah. what that does, right? That's what history yeah. has shown yeah. it to do. And so, so we could also go back to like PG&E making their costs plus ten percent or whatever. But we need strict limitations and regulations on how to maintain that grid. How much shareholders can have? What percentage of leadership is from people who are like on the ground line workers and trouble uh, trouble men? Uh, and establishing like who's responsible when things go bad you know we we need accountability because without it they'll just kind of do what they want and the other option is you know the state of california could take it over you know sam you were mentioning like we could take it over as a state-run organization that eliminates profits that are possible within the industry um and we could just assign people to as you were saying sam you're the captain of this ship let's get shit done um and there's groups like let's own pg&e.org that advocate that advocate for like forcing the government to be to take over pg&e and again i don't know i don't really have a solution and i i don't know that any of these solutions are right i think the free market capitalism we can all agree i think that one's not the right answer and and i don't think i don't think like a a a hardline communist approach where like the state owns everything all the time is the right answer either yeah, yeah but because because giant bureaucracies can't provide a good service. It's just part of being a giant goddamn bureaucracy. Yeah. Right. It needs to be it. But but it, it needs the oversight of and regulation of the fucking government, which, let's be honest, really should only exist to protect us, the citizen. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, that's yeah. What, and it should never be protecting a corporation. That's uh, why you need transparency. But you know the the people that have the ability to you need. Tra- I'm sorry, it broke up. You said you. That's why you need transparency. Yeah, transparency. That's why you need transparency. Okay. That's what my whole message has been here. That these episodes, guys. Yeah, and so transparency. Like, you know, if my opinion on PG&E and regulation could be summed up. Uh, it would be that you know our power grid as well as our governmental agencies overseeing it need to function efficiently, and I think right now that they are not only inefficient, they're also fucking dangerous. Uh, PG PG and E and energy leaders they need to prioritize safety first and foremost. They need to prioritize efficiency of the system, as you know the ability to maintain and deliver consistent cheap power. Um, you know, and they need to prioritize mindfulness of its infrastructure and how that relates to environmental issues, which are human issues, and like. Again, like, I don't know what kind of, if there's a utopian style system here that can govern these things. And I don't even know that I'd put my money behind any of them. I just think that that's kind of what we all want, you know. And so whether governments will mandate those ideals is arguable. I think it's plain to see that private and corporate sectors are disincentivized to make their those their priorities. And it seems like any kind of watchdog government organizations will just be infiltrated so again i don't know what the solution is but as long as rich people can keep making money off pg and e and their customers existence i know the focus will always be on profits over people which is the frustrating part yeah and i i know what we all want which is cheap consistent power responsibly sourced and specific like with a specific focus on safe delivery but how we'll be able to accomplish that is up to people who have more say than we do and to be honest, this could have been like a six-part or an eight-part episode just simply because of how much this we've had to do. literally could be ongoing. You could do just a podcast on the exactly. fires and crimes. Fires yeah. and crimes. And uh, if you listener want to take a deeper look into legal fuckery of PG&E, one of you know the many sources that I've cited a bunch of times is Catherine, uh, Catherine Blunt's book, California Burning. Um and another note before we end, I tried to make, make this like a comprehensive series without getting too far into the weeds. Uh, so, I mean, pay attention to the news, get mad about it. And uh, since I didn't really know how to end this episode, I decided that we're going to we're going to leave tonight's episode with our the guy we opened up episode three with. Angry Singing Jim. Kumbaya. Oh, yeah. Angry Jim. Angry Jim. We're Love gonna, it. We're going to quote from him here. Quote. He was a real kumbaya kind of guy. (laughs) And that's the long and short of it. You can complain all you want about backroom deals between and among the politicians, the utilities, out-of-state energy corporations, lobbyists, and the fat cats. It's all true. They hatched the plot. They passed the money around. They cut the deal. They wrote the law that screwed each and every one of us. And they'll they'll keep it up as long as you let them. They'll keep it up as long as you don't hold them accountable. They'll keep it up as long as you keep re-electing them. They'll keep breaking you until you decide to fix them. Keep that not, keep that in mind when you pay your next PG&E bill. End quote. So, that this guy has pitchforks. Yeah. Smashed around his property, torches and pitchforks. I like. Yeah. I like him. I like. I like I Angry like Jim. Yeah. He's got style. So He's that's, good that's the end of our epic four-parter. Uh, Sam, Kyle, thank you guys so much for Hell yeah. participating in this exhaustive series. Um, how are you guys feeling after all this? Really uplifted. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I. Uh, Same. Nah, ready it, for a it, stress nap. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's a depressing topic. It, it really is, like yeah. because just that is the, not just like 
the state of the world, it's just for most people, it's just accepted that it's just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of how it is. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Can't go back and fix all the past mistakes now. And it's like, yeah, but you can start fixing things. Yeah. And they won't do it. Well, and to their credit, they are burying power lines now in 2023. So well, I mean, that's good. That's a little improvement. You know, we'll give it up to them for that. Right. That's a pretty good spot for a power line to be where if something happens, it's grounded, literally yeah. grounded. <laughs> grounded. It it's, almost seems oh, like what? grounded. Oh, okay. it almost seems like that makes more sense than hanging these things in the air. <laughs> the and reason they no, but it's it's look, the reason they hang them in the air is because you have better access to the wires. Fair. Yeah, that's a good point. To, to do things like fix them and stuff. And for a long time. We didn't have conduit material that could withstand the test of time, and you didn't want to put wire in like cast iron. Yeah, yeah. What were you gonna do? Run it in like terracotta pipes or something? <laughs> that's not. That's not a thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess you can use metal conduit, but still, it just seems it sounds expensive. Yeah. So we are at the end of this, guys. Do you have any plugs, places you want people to? find you follow you or or any uh cool things you've seen on the internet you wanted to share here at the end of all this uh yeah as i've said in the other episodes houseboat.live pretty much where you can find everything i do music comedy events um and uh i uh i haven't really seen anything funny on the internet i was trying to think of something <laughs> my mind is fried from this bachelor party weekend yeah I saw some weird shit last night. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, good. Uh, listeners, go find weird shit on the internet, I think is what Kyle is telling. Yeah. Telling go you. do yeah. it. Do oh, it for me. Do it. Do it. Sam, how are you doing? Uh, you I'm good. I'm good. You, you know, my, I'm kind of, you know, livid with rage. That's pretty usual. And where for do you want people to find you? <laughs> oh, you know, with uh, rage. You, can, you can find me pretty much wherever i am um and do look for me there because i always love a smiling face uh, he's a where's waldo type dude yeah you yeah know? uh big shout out to uh the top of the hill uh that i live on and all, right. all the uh breezy breeze that's uh blowing around cool that sounds great and new listeners cool. if you like what we're doing here you can consider donating uh to our patreon uh you can find us on Facebook if you'd like to donate to the show. Yeah, again. Yeah, Patreon. give us fucking money. Until next we speak, thanks for listening, and thank you two for joining me. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye now, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.